providing inspiration and community for women in business of Middle Tennessee. This is Powered by Her with Tiffany Anton. partners at Harper's Rare Books and Collectibles. Owner Louis Matheny supports local artists and we are excited to announce Andrea Kruzka Photography is having her first ever art show. It starts on July 15th in the upstairs gallery of Harper's. Harper's Rare Books is a community supporter of local arts. Reach out to Louis if you're interested in featuring your art at Harper's. To learn more about Harper's Rare Books and Collectibles, head over to harpersrarebooks.com or check them out on Facebook. So excited about our new partnership with Brandon Parrish from Mortgage Investors Group. If you are looking for financing options for a new home purchase or even refinancing your current mortgage, call Brandon. I have worked with Brandon multiple times and he has answered all of my questions in the finance process. He is available to answer questions and make the overall process feel a little less confusing and easier. Brandon Parrish, NMLS number 869942. Mortgage Investors Group is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 34391. Hi, welcome to Powered by Her. I am Tiffany Anton. If you'd like to know more about Powered by Her, head over to poweredbyhercommunity.com to find out more. Today I have Christine Klein from Bell & Bow Acres. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, we were just talking about how the reason um, I kind of even found you is that your husband is your biggest hype man. <laughs> yes. So um, tell me what Bell & Bow Acres is. Okay, uh, well Bell & Bow Acres is where we live. It's, uh, we call it a homestead because for lack of a better word really, it, it is a modern day homestead. And by that I mean yeah, that I was gonna we're, say, what, what yeah, does that mean for the people? Yeah, who there's actually a whole you know um, documentary I think on Netflix about this, by the way, <laughs> about urban homesteading. Yeah. But um, we are rural, and I say modern day homestead because um, we're still working, doing regular jobs, and uh, but You're not completely by, living. Yeah, off the we're land. not like totally off the grid or anything like that. You know, we you have, did walk in with your cell phone. Today. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but by homesteading, I mean, we're making strides towards um, providing more food for ourselves and just living off of the land and um, providing for ourselves off of that from that land as much as possible. Where did you get inspired to even live a lifestyle like that? I grew up in Maine. <laughs> which pretty much summarizes where, yes. where that There's drive There's some crunchy comes, people. Where there. that drive comes from. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was typically called a granola girl yeah. in school. And I even stood out a little bit in my small town, like school in that way. Yeah. But um, basically from my dad, like my dad uh, was an avid outdoorsman. He was a registered Maine guide. And so he raised me hunting, fishing, the works. I was the firstborn, so I didn't really have a choice. Yeah. And um, he just um, always raised me in a way that uh, didn't limit me because I was a girl. You know? I was just going to say. Yeah. So I think that that's an interesting. I was raised by my dad as well. And I think that sometimes that can be, um, I used to always say, you just wish I was a son. <laughs> um, but now I love the fact that like I know how to use a drill and I know how to, you know, do things around the house and I'm not afraid to just try things out. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes when you get so into those gender roles that, you know, you can't, you can't function. Right. It is limiting for yeah. sure. And, and my dad was the same way in that he, 
uh, I was outside grabbing his, you know, old rusty saw to try to make my own fort. And yeah. uh, one of my chores was mowing the lawn. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it just, it was my lifestyle. And Well, and I think, do you think that that um, kind of has perpetuated you to be a business owner and kind of um, mow your own um, way a little bit of like, I'm just going to try these things and I'm not afraid of them? Definitely. Um, I watched my dad. Uh, my dad was a, a young father like he was actually still in high school when I was born so yeah um, he had to work really hard to provide for us and um, he worked a lot and so I, I, I'm a latchkey kid I was home alone a lot and or and with my little brother and just had to you know find ways to entertain myself yeah. you know and um, I watched my dad for years like gather old materials to build his first cabin up on a little piece of land, hunting land that we had. And, um, and then that came to be, and that's where like my graduation party was. And, um, those experiences and watching my dad, like do that little by little and not be afraid and just do it yeah. is definitely inspiring. So then you, you, you found yourself in Florida at some point and, um, you, decided, I mean, we're skipping some yes, parts, yeah. but um, you <laughs> yeah. decided that you were going to start, um, you really got into art. Yes. And tell me about that. I, so I've always been interested in art as well. Um, I had some wonderful teachers growing up who recognized some of that talent in me and, uh, you know, suggested that I'd be placed in a special program for art. And so um, that was nurtured pretty young for me uh, from school and just uh, my parents were supportive in that. and. Um, Did you think that at that time, like growing up, was it just, um, you know, this is a something fun and cool to do? Or was it like, I could do something with this? Uh, no, I think because of like uh, the interest from the teachers, the support from the teachers at school, I realized like, oh, wait, maybe there is something to this. And so I actually took every art class that I could think of or that was available to me in public schools. And I got pretty lucky because I switched high schools um, halfway through. And so I... I had access to a completely new realm of art classes. <laughs> yeah. And so I took everything that I could and um, it, it was very interesting for me to figure out like what kind of an artist I wanted to be or that I am, where mm -hmm. my strengths were. And I come to realize that it was more in like uh, 3D elements, fibers. Uh, I love working with fabrics and um, beads and just uh, paper, all of those you know, fiber. But you kind of were able to hone that in a little bit. Yes, and it was because of the classes. So what? So you're in Florida, and you start. Mm -hmm. You you decide that you're going to have an artist event. Well, nope. I started <laughs> as an artist actually. So yeah, um, there are a lot of like little like uh, craft and art events that were, were starting to mm -hmm. pop up, like little ones. Um, and then this really interesting one came about called um, the Odd Duck Handmade Bazaar, and actually I had a much longer name um, to start. But, um, and I was like, wow, that sounds really interesting. And I saw that it was run by women and I'm like, that's really cool. And so I applied to be a vendor at that event and I was accepted. And I, my booth was full of like sewing th things that I had sewn and mostly geared towards children's toys and those types of items because my kids were really young at that time. And I, that's what I was focused on. Yeah. And so I was home making these things that they would enjoy playing with. And, and I was going and selling them as well. And, um, from that point, I realized that, you know, I really loved the event. It was fun. And then, 
um, found out that the group organizing that event um, was kind of changing shape and they were taking interviews for a new person to replace one of their four members that started the event. Um, and I went, I interviewed, and they um, accepted me. And so I became one of the four. And at this time, you're doing full-time art. So I, I was, yeah, well, I was actually a full-time homemaker. I was staying yeah. home with my kids. Um, I'm try trying to remember the time frame. I also went back to school. I earned my bachelor's degree in elementary education while the kids were little as well. Yeah. And so I was earning a degree, I was making art and, uh, you know, and, and, and taking care of And then something. I decided to join this group, yeah. <laughs> you know, to help um, make this event happen. So what, what was the motivation? You know, you have all these other, you're full-time, mm -hmm. kind of a full-time yeah. student, a full-time yeah. mom, yep. a full-time artist. Um, let's throw something else in there. What was the motivation? What did you believe in the event? What, what was it about that? Um, so I guess for me, even though my husband's always been really supportive and he had an amazing job that could that allowed you know me to stay home with the kids i no matter what i couldn't just be home doing nothing I, I shouldn't say nothing. I was going to say, as like, we like terrible. name all these things, you're not doing nothing. nothing. But There's I meant um, nothing in terms of uh, for me, like more for me. Like being home was yeah. for my family, but I always try to stay in touch with things that, you know, kept me whole as well yeah. and things that I could focus on for me. I think that that is such a thing with young moms. Um, it, it's this thankless job a bit. Um, and we put so much strain and pressure on ourselves. I as well stayed at home with my kids when they were young. And I did feel that just like uh, fire in my belly to like, what can I do for me and how can I make a bigger mm. impact? I'm very much um, a person that I want to leave an impact on the community I'm in. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I, I think that that's really relatable to a lot of women of, I just, I need to do something more. Yeah. Even though I'm doing a million things and I'm exhausted yeah. at the end of the day, but there, it's just not the right um, yeah. aim for it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it's very relatable too. I hear a lot of other moms talking about the same thing. And um, for, I also am very motivated to make money. Like yeah. I, if, if I'm going to do something, I, I, would love to make it profitable, yeah. you know, and how can I turn this into something that's, you know, solving multiple things yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that's, and it's not necessarily even solving. Yeah. I think sometimes, it, you know, it's not necessarily that you felt like, oh, we're not doing yeah, enough financially, right. but it just, it feels nice it, to add and contribute yeah, and yeah. be um, rewarded for your hard yeah, work. I think that's some, a better way to say sometimes, it. Um, again, women can say, well, I'm just going to volunteer at this thing and I, you know, and, and kind of devalue themselves sometimes. Yeah. Um, so you, so you say, okay, I'm going to jump yeah. in. Gonna, yeah. So I, after the, I did the event and I said, and then I interviewed and was accepted as one of the four. Um, we produced the next event at the same location and, um, and then, and that was a success, but then the group fell apart again, as it does, because women are, like you said, are, are often juggling a lot. And so things change year to year. And so the group would change by, because their everybody's needs changed, mm -hmm. you know, year to year. And so it came down to just two of us basically like holding the bag, uh, myself and uh, my good friend Shelly. And we decided to just 
go for it by ourselves and not interview anybody else and just do it the two of us. Uh, we felt that we had had enough experience at that point to to handle it ourselves and we were right. Yeah. So we did. And you ended up putting out, um, we, I was just looking through your social media and yeah. you ended up putting out a, a zine, a zine and which had started from the beginning. I have to say the girls that started this, it was a great idea, a great yeah. concept. Um, the, you know, the, we continued to use some of the artwork from one of the original uh, members and um, Alexis, she actually lives in Franklin now. Yeah. So it's just a weird coincidence. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so basically, um, we continued the zine and that became my baby. Uh, I, I was more of the digital artist where Shelly was like more of our numbers person. And then we came together, we used our strengths and then came together working, tackling everything Which else. Which is kind of, I, I mean, I say that a lot with business owners is like, you, you know, you have this one passion, but you have to kind of know, and it's good to have a, a partner on, on mm -hmm. hand, but you kind of have to know all of the business aspects yeah. to be able to run something like yes, that. Yes, you do. And you also have to know your strengths and weaknesses yeah. and to ask for help and get, you know, seek out help when for the weaknesses that yeah. you might have. And yeah. We all have them. So at what point did um, Odd Duck Bazaar, when did you let that go? So I think that's uh, another thing that women struggle so with sometimes. That was about, um, I'm trying to think of what year our final year was. It, it may have been 2015 uh, or 2014. I'm what, not sure. Where were you at in your yeah. life of, of saying, okay, it's time to let this go? Um, okay, so, well, Shelly had decided she was going to become a realtor, uh, so she was making another pivot in her professional life, and um, we also had got to the point where we had had a nice, strong run of it, and the market, we saw the market was changing, and so the type of event that we held charged admission, and it was, you know, um, it was a juried event, we picked, we handpicked every vendor, um, and so it just became a bit challenging where the market was really oversaturated with these types of events. Like one had started happening like every weekend and the mm -hmm. next town over, which in South Florida, there's really no next town over. It's kind of all meshes together, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so, um, it, the market had changed and we just realized that, you know, maybe, and it was a lot of work for not a lot of reward, <laughs> so a lot of work. Like we yeah. worked pretty much all year round trying to plan and organize this event and the reward was good, but to continue doing it and maybe not be able to charge admission anymore because of what the market was demanding really changed, like whether or not we could put that much energy and time into a project like that. Yeah. So what do you think you learned? How, how long was the run for? Um, uh, it was over five years. We took a little, we took one year hiatus and came back to it. Uh, we had also changed locations partway through because um, a, another city had, had reached came. out and said, yeah, they were hey, like, we want, we want you, you here. You here. Yeah. 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 We want you here. And they were great. We actually expanded and did, we were just a one time, one annual event and expanded and did like a street event for the holidays and uh, so yeah, it became a little bit bigger. What was the biggest thing that you think you learned from that experience of, of you know, like you said, it wasn't a huge reward. It's not like you became a millionaire overnight yeah, from that. Yeah, um, but what do you think that, that you learned about that? Um, it, it's really, really important to be organized. Yeah. yeah. Um, organized and planning ahead was so important to make sure everything went smoothly. And it's hard, but you, you know, make lists 
thoughts and, and, and try to think of like every aspect that might come up because um, it probably will. <laughs> Do you think that you've taken that organization piece into your business now? Absolutely. So let's go to that. Yeah. So, um, so you're, we kind of pivoted yeah, it away, yeah, but yeah. so you're on a, you're having a, a living on a homestead? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, we have um, a nice chunk of property in Baxter and, um, and so I'll back up a little bit and talk about Hip Camp actually. Yeah. So Hip Camp was founded in California by Alyssa Ravasio and that took place, I'm sorry, 2013. So she started that in 2013 and now um, I didn't learn about that. So what, what is yeah. Hip Camp? Yeah, so what? Hip Camp is basically, long story short, it's basically the Airbnb of camping. Mm -hmm. um, it's putting landowners in contact with people who want to, you know, go camping and maybe find a spot that they've, you know, never been able to access before. So um, it's providing more options uh, for people to, you know, get out and travel. Um, basically, uh, the way that Alyssa Ravasio has explained it is that she realized that it was really hard to get campsites on short notice or, you know, uh, shorter notice, a lot of times you have to book a year in advance on some places, a lot of places actually. And so um, I think she was just trying to put more options in, uh, in the reach of everybody. So, uh, and are these, most of these campsites are more rustic? I think actually it's completely All? across the spectrum. Yeah. Like you okay. will find everything on hip camp. Um, our location is completely rustic. Yeah. Um, we've chosen to go that route because it was the kind of camping that my husband and I preferred before we had children. And then, you know, our camping lifestyle, we went camping with our kids throughout their whole lives. You know, they're now um, in the later years of high school. And um, camping is something that you pass on typically generation mm -hmm. to generation. It's uh, something that a lot of families do and it's a great way to spend time together. Well, and at this point, there's a lot, families are not um, spending that kind of time together anymore yeah, where it's like, it's well, where do I charge my phone out here? What yeah. do you mean? Like, oh, I, I can't yeah. have my phone. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, we're going to spend more time, like, you know, you're bonded to mm -hmm. time together. Yeah, you're forced to. And that, and we would off, like when we'd go camping with our kids, it, we would only allow like very small pockets of electronic time as yeah. we called it like yeah. and it was usually in the evening when we wanted them to fall asleep yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. well and i think it's just so many memories i used to go camping as a kid and we would tent camp and um there's so many memories that are made that you don't really even understand when you're there making them um about that family time and the learning process for children in, yeah. in that environment is is amazing like so you decided that you were gonna, you wanted to be one of these hip camp locations. Yeah. And why, um, why, why open your home and your property up to people like that? Okay, so it was the eclipse, the uh, yeah. Great American Eclipse that we had. And Which, we were if, for people who weren't in this area and people who, uh, over the country, like we were in the place to yes. watch the eclipse. We were one of the places, yeah. and yeah. it that. You know, obviously we all knew we were in the path of totality, but as the event got closer, there became this buzz about how all of the hotels were booked up and how there were people in Cookville renting out their yards for camping. And we were like, what? We were like, really? And so it was something, having a campground is something that my husband and I sort of dreamed about a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. as a, a maybe one day retirement idea. 
um, which was silly now that I'm doing it because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would not want to be starting this in my retirement yeah, well, days. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. It's a lot more work than maybe we anticipated, but the growth is natural and the work progression is natural so it's not like too overwhelming yeah but um our it's physical labor it's very physical and we have no equipment really uh just a mower and my husband just added a little dump cart to it yeah. <laughs> so no tractor or anything so it's been all hand power yeah so the eclipse was seven years ago yeah seven, so uh, um years ago 2017 was okay. the eclipse yeah yeah and so Hip camp had been around for like a few years at that point, and I started to hear about hip camp. A friend, a, a girlfriend of mine actually mentioned it, and I was like, oh, really? I think I will look into this because that's something that's always piqued our interest. Uh, we love to go camping. This is something that we know. And um, when I looked in, I was like, okay, I, I can get on board with their platform. They had a, a, it was a very attractive platform to use. And there are other camping um, platforms that I could join actually I've been added to without my knowledge and later found out <laughs> so, but um, and so I just really liked their platform I loved the way that she that Alyssa had designed it um, and uh, I thought it was very user-friendly and it allowed us to um, very easily just start doing it yeah and so we didn't carve out any campsites or anything really we just uh, put up the listing, put up a couple of pictures, and um, set a pretty low price. Like, I think we did it by per person at that point and just said, primitive camping, pick your spot. And- Anywhere on your property. Yeah, we oh, basically wow. said like, t yeah, come yeah. out and just pick your spot for the eclipse, right? Yeah. So we, we set it up just for the eclipse. It was kind of like our test run. Well, it was a perfect test run because we, I set a limit of, I think, 20 bookings because I was like, I didn't really know what that would look like, you know, in, in real life, mm -hmm. you know, on the property. And so I, I was a little nervous to, like, just allow as many that wanted to come. Yeah. So I was like, I'll keep it kind of small and we'll see how this works, you know, because we don't have bathrooms. We don't have running water. We don't have electricity for these people. So I needed to make sure that they weren't trashing the place or yeah. anything like that. So I wanted to keep it under control. And uh, it, it was... An amazing experience we had people from Canada we had people from I want to say I mean they drove from all over some drove all night long just to get to our property yeah. to see this eclipse wow. and it was a really really special um, experience and everything was positive and the feedback was really positive and um, everybody was like I oh, we had several that wanted to add days and so we let them stay extra days and the kids are like mom are these people gonna move out here? They're just like, <laughs> you know it really really was fun because you know it was such a it was such a great way to um, you know get feedback from other people mm -hmm. like okay this is special and and that's what it was like people were like this property is special like yeah. you know I want to come back here and well and what do you like do you realize the impact of bringing people to Baxter, to the Upper Cumberland, from all over, and kind of that tourism aspect mm -hmm. of getting to share? I, I mean, I'm a super um, protective person of our home area. Yeah. When yeah. people say they don't like this area, I get you know kind yeah. of ruffled up. But um, you get to kind of bring people in here, and then um, you know help to facilitate. Yeah, and I feel like I, we're able, like in our experience, we're showing them some of the best of 
what Upper Cumberland has to offer. Mm -hmm. And I feel very proud about that because we do take our um, customer service to the top level and our reviews reflect that. And we, we try to do a really good job hosting and being a face for the Upper Cumberland in a positive way. What would you tell women about um, starting a business or kind of pursuing their passion and dreams? Um, I would say the biggest thing is just taking that first step. And, and that's really what it is, it's steps. And so try not to get too bogged down or overwhelmed with the what ifs of the future and just go step by step. How important is it that you, you, you've mentioned your husband a bit, mm -hmm. How important is it just to have someone there that's your hype person that kind of probably pushes you a little bit to take that first step, but then is there, you know, cheering you on when you do? Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, he pushed me for this. I'm, I'm not comfortable being in front of the camera because I'm always behind the camera. I'm yeah. mom. I'm the one taking all the pictures yeah. all the time or the videos and even my social media, you'll see it's mostly nature or David doing work yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I'm usually the one holding up the, you know, the taking the pictures and video. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I having the hype <laughs> person. I think, it just, yeah, have, I think that's really important. Like he pushed me to do this today and, yeah. um, it is really important to have, and, and I equally do that for him as yeah. well. And, and everybody has ups and downs and doubts and, it's we all do it you know, to well and I think even when you're I think one thing to remember when you're running a business is that even if you're a year into it um, you can still have those down days and you can still mm -hmm. have those doubts of you know you're about five years into this now and I'm sure there's days where you're like are we are we doing the right thing are we still, yeah. we're still okay with this yeah. and kind of you know checking taking a pulse of what's going mm -hmm. on um, I think that's because I think sometimes we forget that this is normal the doubts are normal yeah yeah and I think it's important to be, you know, the other piece of advice I say is be um, flexible and pivot. Like, you know, the pandemic was a huge part of it. And that sort of changed, you know, um, how we were doing business as well. And, you know, my husband has an, a home inspection company. And so during the shutdown, it, everything got really quiet. And, you know, we were spending a lot more time at home together. And... Mm -hmm. But the campground was a sanctuary for yeah. people because because of our setup and the fact that uh, none of our campsites are close together, like that was one thing that we wanted to um, respect was like the privacy and just giving people that full immersive nature experience on yeah. our property. So none of our campsites are close together. You can't see other people camping when you're camping at your campsite. So. Um, it was important for us to keep maintaining that. And it was nice that we were able to provide that to people who needed to get out of their homes. Right, needed that, you know, some type of relaxation, mm -hmm. get out. And, and feel safe doing yeah, it. Yeah, and so it's really interesting. I think some people get, you know, oh, COVID was terrible for some places. But but COVID kind of did, was was helpful for some businesses. It was. And, and that's not, doesn't make us bad business owners. It doesn't no. make, you know, it's just that... We, we happen to have the right business. The nature of the game. Yeah. And being willing to pivot and kind of, so like we just immediately made adjustments that were more inviting for people and made people feel more comfortable. Like we went complete, like I used to give people, pa you know, papers when they checked in and things. Yeah. Well, it changed how I do things. And now yeah. I've continued to do it the way I changed during the pandemic, which is we can completely paperless check-in process yeah. and 
Um, you know, some can even come in if they needed to and not greet me at all, you yeah. know, but most of them I greet. Yeah. So what do you see the next five, 10 years for Bell & Bow Acres? Where, what do you see? That's always a good question. And we are constantly thinking about how we want to evolve and grow on our property. Um, and the primitive camping is definitely the way I want to keep going because I don't see that being offered as much, especially around here. And we have such an amazing uh, area for that nature adventure. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I feel that we're offering the style of camping to those really adventurous types who um, don't want to see the other people camping. They want to take hikes. They, you know, they might even want to hike to their campsite, which we offer. Well, and there's, I mean, in this area, you can, Baxter's not that far away. They, they can right. come, they can come into town if they want. They can exactly. go to the waterfalls. Yep. Um, it's a pretty great location where yes. you're not so remote that, yeah. that people can't do other things. As so well. we're thinking about maybe adding an off-grid cabin at some point. Um, not anytime soon, but that's something that's in our thought process for down the road. Yeah. Um, I'm also working on kind of adjusting my um, my art studio into an on-site gift shop for guests that come to the property and they can buy handmade items, not just by me, but I hope to also stock that with some other artist items from the area. And um, there's a lot of great artists in Silver Point, mm -hmm. you know, and with the school. So um, I'm hoping to do that as well, um, and just I, I make other things too digitally. So I'm not just a fiber artist; I can like do digital art stuff or work as well. So, so if people want to find you, how can they find the campground? Yes. How can they find you? Okay, well, me in terms of like art, not online. That's going to be an in-person thing. Um, <laughs> Finder, yeah, <Hunter> yeah. <laughs> uh, the campground is bellandbowacres.com, and that's B E L L E. A-N-D-B-E-A-U, acres, A-C-R-E-S.com. I know it's a yes, long one, yeah, yeah. but it does actually come right up if you just search Bell and Bow Acres. Yeah. We come right up in the top searches. So, And then you're on Instagram and, and Yeah, and media. definitely find, the, find me on Instagram. That's my favorite platform to use, actually, because it's all photos and videos, and um, I like to update that pretty frequently with activity that we're doing or just pretty photos of the property. Yeah. So. Well, I'm excited to see what you have going in the future and how you bring people into the area and what, what impact you make on, on the Upper Cumberland region. Thank you. So thank you for being here. Check out Bell & Bow Acres, Christine Klein. Thank you so much. If you want to know more about Powered by Her, head over to poweredbyhercommunity.com. I'm Tiffany Anton. Thanks for listening. Be sure to call Brandon Parrish at Mortgage Investors Group of Cookville. Brandon Parrish, NMLS number 869942. Mortgage Investors Group is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 34391.